All right, folks, here we are, the 2022 Precision Rifle Series presented by Kale's Series Finale. It is the end. It is the championship, and it has been a good weekend. Uh, a little cool, a little wet, but all in all, a really good time. Uh, we're out here at K&M, and things are good. I'm set up at the banquet. I'm going to try and grab some people as I see them to go ahead and talk to them about stuff how their weekend went how they thought they did how their year went all that fun jazz so stay tuned and we'll see what we can find okay i'll give a brief synopsis on how my weekend went drove up here on thursday got a bottom bunk as you need to in the bunkhouse everything was good got to see some friends um friday did not go as i planned Adrian uh, forgot to take some stuff off of my computer, so I had to uh, go to McDonald's and transfer all of it to her Dropbox. So I spent from 8 in the morning till 2 in the afternoon doing data transfer for her. So it was a good time. But got that taken care of and then came in, got my stage brief. I was assigned to stage 20 which was a modified prone off the top of a bunker. And then you rock a plate rack at 597. And then you rock a 18 inch steel target uh, circle at 1062 and just alternate between the two for 10 shots. Um, part time was different. It was 75 seconds instead of 90. So that hey kind of threw a Shannon saying that the bar is open, but I already got beer in my hand. Um, yeah, so back and forth, but it was a 75-second part time, so that kind of threw people a little bit. So it was good. It was a good stage. Had a lot of people um, not do great based on wind, weather, whatever it may be. Um, just had uh, a lot of people either time out or not get all their shots off or try and dial it. Um, really had to be on top of your game if you're dialing. You had to make sure that your elevation was tracking really well if you uh, if you're holding. Other than that, um, pretty good. Took about seven squads to get my first clean, and then after that, people started picking it up. Um, all in all, really good. Got to see a bunch of friends. Got to see a bunch of really good shooters. Got to uh, study the pros, as they say. But all in all, pretty good. Stay tuned. We are now recording. Fantastic. Okay, so I'm joined with two fine gentlemen that I'm kind of sweet on. So here we go. We're going to go with Mr. Rick Scrivens, GCP Rifle Co. And Mr. Corey Adamski. Okay, fantastic gentlemen. We got some icebreaker questions. Ooh. Icebreaker questions. Blondes are not my thing. What resource do you use to learn things about shooting? Man. I would say most of the stuff I learn is from asking questions from other shooters or the good old-fashioned YouTube. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. You're not wrong. Like, yeah. The old-school Magpul videos. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Way of the gun. Well, I just screw up enough to where I'm like, I should change this, what I'm yeah, doing. Yeah, I wait till I mess something up really bad at a match, and one of the guys that knows better comes over and goes, hey, bro, this is what you did. Hey, that makes sense. Cool, man. I appreciate it. Actually, Fair enough. I do have a friend that's a old school uh, pistol rifle shotgun instructor and a lot of times I'll do drills over at, uh, at his house on his range and then he can critique little things 
So that's probably the best thing I use. Okay. So people that are smarter than you. There's so much resources out there that are smarter than me. Fair enough. Let's see. How many years have you been in the PRS? Five. Yeah, I think we started shooting local matches five years ago. Yeah, something like and that. And we didn't have PRS numbers until the f year after. Yeah, something like that. And then I shot my first two-day match at Altus and got spanked like a child. I think my first two-day match was at Altus also. <laughs> I love that place. Mm -hmm. Okay, match gear prep. What do you do? Like, either at your house to make sure that you've got anything before you drive 10 hours to get out of your state. Or you get to the hotel room and you start prepping your gear there. What is it? Considering that I left my bipod in southwest Florida for a match in Tennessee, I don't think I'm going to answer this question. <laughs> Honestly, man, a lot of times we go to matches, we'll, we'll you know, half-heartedly get our stuff somewhat together. And then, you know, super early in the morning, Corey will show up at the shop at GCP. And we just start, like, shopping. We go through the shop and grab everything we think we're going to need and load the truck. <laughs> and then we mark our brass in the hotel room the night before the match. Yeah. Fair I think enough. most of our prep happens at the hotel. Okay. We prep that, but we load the truck and, yeah. like I said, we go through the shop, grab whatever we think we're going to need. Okay. You know. Are you using, like, a checklist or just, like, off the cuff? Off the cuff. Fair enough. Yeah, last minute only takes a minute. Does your spouse or kids... shoot as well my son will shoot and he's really good with a, uh, a shotgun but prs moves too slow for him there's too much time waiting between stages but okay. if we go out and shoot long range like he's really good and he likes going up to like georgia and shooting deer from really far away so the kid can shoot he just this sport's too slow for him okay fair enough which makes sense what about your spouse um she scares the hell out of me with a gun and she's got her concealed carry permit so she would probably come and shoot if uh if she didn't keep having kids Okay, fair enough. You know that's partly your pro your fault too, right? Oh no, yeah, no, no. There's way too many mailmen in that neighborhood. It's really busy. <laughs> it is a nice neighborhood. <laughs> what about you? Uh, all three of my kids like to shoot. Okay. Um, I've got them into doing some positional shooting, but none of them want to go to matches. Centerfire kind of they're still uh, noise sensitive. Okay. You know, fair especially enough. my younger two, and then uh, my old my all my girls dance so. Uh, they're busy with that, and usually on their weekends, like this weekend, they're at a show. So, okay. So they don't they don't go to matches yet. My daughter might try that, like the 22s next year, but who knows? I'm gonna mix these up a little bit better. That was two spouse questions, in the more in the same same spot. What's your morning routine like from the time you wake up, say two hours, for just a normal day? <laughs> wake up, make a cup of coffee for me, one for the wife. Grab my son, take him to school, and go straight to the shop. Okay. And then work 12 hours and go home. Breakfast. No breakfast. Just coffee. And then chase it with a Red Bull. I'd ask if you worked out, but that's self-answering. <laughs> <laughs> you jiggly goof. Oh, man. I'm too broken to work out. I'm trying to fix my, get my spine fixed, man. I got enough problems going on. Fair enough. Hey, you obviously know where all the creatine's at. so All of the supplements. No. Uh, yeah, so I am up at 4.45. I go to the gym at my station, lift, and then shower, make a cup of coffee, drink a protein drink, and uh, start my day at work. Yeah, he's on Instagram all day long. He's supposed to be the fire chief. Oh, he <laughs> said station. I thought he was a news reporter. <laughs> he's, too, he's too used to this headset. That's right. Okay, so lightning round over. What did you guys think of the match? Like, 
it was a phenomenal course of fire. 20 stages. It's a lot of stages. I didn't get yeah. to see. I saw one stage all weekend. Dude, so phenomenal course of fire. Like Shannon wasn't kidding. It was. It's a good course of fire. It's very shootable. Like there, there wasn't anything dumb. Like we just, you made bad mistakes. You know, the first day the weather got you a little bit, but just a good course of fire. Everything was shootable. Nothing was crazy. Just probably one of my favorite shoots up here. True, it kids. Naturally, everywhere they yep. they are. We're taking over. Those kids will eat rocks. Yeah, they're yeah. tough. Um, I I would have to agree. I'd say that the the stages and the target sizes were were shootable. Nothing was crazy. Nothing was ridiculous. Um, conditions yesterday definitely handed people some of their lunch, and today was much much nicer. And today was about who made the least amount of mistakes. Fair enough. Um, favorite stage of the match? It has to be one that I cleaned. I like <laughs> two of those. That's <laughs> um, a tough one. Like what pops into your head when you're like, man, 20 stages, which one did I like the most? Whether you got it clean or you or you drop one or two. Like I would say my favorite stages are mover stages. Okay. Because I never get to shoot those, and I really like them. Okay. So they have three stages here with movers. Okay. Awesome. I liked the rooftop stage in the back with the Ipsic progression. Okay. Um, it's something relatable, and it's it's a it's a decent, you know, you have to build a position. You, you can shoot it a ton of different ways. You can shoot it with just a front bag. You can shoot it with a front bag and a rear bag and make it kind of like a uh, mod prone. Mod prone, modified prone position. Um, but I think that's very practical in all the world, and, you know, you can find anywhere to shoot like that. So I like that stage. Okay. What's the stage you wish you could get back? All of them. <laughs> Honestly, the very first stage, I went up with my data for my BR and didn't realize it until they called my name. So I'm going through my Kestrel and realized it because I had all the numbers memorized in my head. So I switched over to, the, my, to my sixth screen. I'm trying to write everything down, and they're all yelling for me, like, oh, you're supposed to have your stuff here. I'm like, I know. And by the time I got there, I was just mentally shot, and I zeroed that stage because I just frazzled. Okay. So that'd be the one I'd want to get back is that very first stage. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I'd I'd ask you who's building your guns, but he's kind of like three. Yeah, it's the guy you just called Fluffy right in front of us. So yeah. I'm gonna have to do some making up for that comment. I okay. appreciate you. You know, it's a long 14-hour ride home. I'm gonna have to, you know, be nice, blow kisses, and be nice to him. Blow something. Um, <laughs> And now I have to mark this as explicit. Um, okay, so, Rick, you're obviously a gun builder. Gulf Coast Precision Rifle Company. I got it right this time. Um, so how busy are you with it coming into the Thanksgiving, Christmas time frame? Are people ordering guns for family members? Or with the season ending, everybody's trying to get something spun up for next year? So, yeah, we're starting to get a lot of that. A lot of guys want to get their name on the list for next year. Um, locally, um, we're still doing a lot for guys that, that have hunts coming up, and most of them are already done for the season. But uh, a Except lot of, mine. Yours are getting done soon to get back. I just got mine done the other day. But anyways, um, <laughs> you know, our whole area was got, just got hammered by that hurricane. Right. So a lot of our local clients are just, they're not worried about hunting or, or shooting or anything like right now. Even the range that Corey um, has his matches on, it might still be underwater. Yeah, I've seen the Instagram photos. Um, Mirage is a real thing down there because um, now yeah. it's just a lake. Now it's a lake, and like, and man, even where I live, we did it. We had 20 inches of rain during that hurricane. You know, granted, thank God the shop was okay. Yeah. You know, no, we didn't lose power at the shop, and you know, back up and running. So, 
But we're, we're staying ahead of it, but, you know, probably still got, you know, four to eight week lead times. So okay. We'll Getting up. a lot of guns that were submerged in water, too, because there was a lot of flooding between Collier, Lee, Henry, Charlotte, Sarasota counties. Yeah, we had a customer that uh, picked his rifle up two weeks earlier, never even shot it yet, and then it ended up under four foot of salt water at Oof. his house. Yeah. So, so what does salt water do to a gun barrel? Man, I'll tell you what, the, the bolt, the inside of the bolt got real bad. Like, it was rusted out with, like, a, you know, messed up pipe. Um, ate up the, the recoil or the, the, the firing pin spring, the firing pin, the trigger was shot. I'll tell you what, though, the scope was messed up. It was a Vortex scope. We called Vortex the first day we got it. They gave us an RMA, sent it back. We had that scope back in two weeks. Oh, that's awesome. It was impressive, yeah. The barrel was fine, you know, stainless steel barrel. Um, I think that was a heart barrel. Uh, other than that, man, they just, they did, it, it's, the parts held up really well. Awesome. And every company I talked to about it said, not a problem, man. Send it back. We'll replace it. So, Oh, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Vortex, it was impressive. So how guy. do you clean crustaceans out of a barrel? <laughs> you throw it away. <laughs> no, I actually scrubbed the barrel just with a, with a bore brush and everything like that and then patched it really good. And then we ran the bore scope in and out of it. It was, it was, it was good. It was a 416R stainless barrel. Okay. So, so I, I guess my question to that was, or leading from that, is um, – for cleaning tips, did you call Francis and, and figure out what his cleaning process is? No. No? Okay. I just started cleaning. We did pick up some guns, though, that um, some people whose their houses were destroyed, and there were some older, like, military firearms. Okay. So we actually bought some of those. We're the only ones that can restore them. Right. So we actually picked up, like, a 1927 Thompson machine gun so to do some work on. So Awesome. Yeah, that'd be fun. Thinking about SBR in it, make a full auto. I mean, we can because we have an SOT. I mean, why not? You had, to plug, you had to make sure you specified yeah. that. To yeah. make sure it was I mean, come on, honestly, <laughs> th- there's only like 20 people that listen to this podcast. Yeah. None of them care. Three of them are sitting here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's making fun of me because I listen to my own stuff to get the numbers up. <laughs> Just on repeat <laughs> on long car rides. Yeah. I've only done that twice. Come on. Um, so how was, like, Corey being in the fire department, how was, like, response for the hurricane? Like, everything was pretty wet, so you weren't probably dealing with a whole lot of fire but just more like <laughs> actually the opposite <laughs> yeah so you know once as a storm rolled in no, everybody hears about all oh, storm surge storm surge storm surge we haven't had storm surge in 60 years and this was the storm it happened to ride in with a king tide and brought every bit of the storm surge that it was expected to and it flooded everything so most of our downtown area was flooded um the street in front of my firehouse had about seven to eight feet of water in it at max and about three and a half feet inside of my station. Okay. It's it's designed to flood up to about six feet, five and a half, six feet. Um, but uh, you know the actual station part is above that level, so it wasn't. It was just in the Bay Area. Um, then afterwards, we ran a ton of electric vehicle fires. Apparently, when they get uh, dunked in salt water and then start moving, they have issues. Okay. So, so we ran. Up, we're catching on fire left and right. I could see that. More manufacturers than that. You'd be surprised. And it was any, anything, basically anything with a lithium-ion battery. Okay. So we had cars, scooters, uh, the jazzy uh, medical scooter things. We had uh, one wheels. We had um, the little scooters that the kids ride, the side-by-side mm-hmm. wheels, whatever those things are called. What you about know? the golf carts? Did they, I mean, everybody's got golf carts in Florida. Do those catch on fire, too? Or not as bad? We had some, but not, not too many in my area some down further in south than us um so we ran a ton of those and then we started having issues as they turned power back on in places okay where anything that was electrical that was submerged in water had issues right so everybody dried everything out 
we've had issues where uh, power strips that were were wet caught on fire. We've had issues where outlets caught on, caught other stuff on fire that was in front of them or above them. Um, we've had issues where whole electrical vaults have caught fire inside of buildings. So we've actually been very, very busy since the hurricane. And it's just now really starting to slow down okay. um, to back to normal levels, uh, which is still pretty busy for this time for at this time of year. But we're not running the, you know, crazy amount of fires that we that, w- that we were running for the first month after the storm. Okay. Sweet. Well, not sweet that you were running a bunch of fires, but sweet that, like, you're okay. You know, uh, we were fortunate. We had a couple of guys that lost uh, possessions and furniture and things like that, um, but nobody was hurt or, or killed, fortunately, in our department. Um, you know, our city did very... Our city as, as a whole had a, took a lot of damage. Okay. But uh, fortunately, uh, there wasn't a whole lot of lost life in my city. Okay. Um, in other areas of South Florida, there was. Yeah. So we, we, we got pretty fortunate. Okay. Um, what have you, what have you got, what is your guys' big takeaway from the, 22, the 2022 PRS series? as a whole what have you taken away whether it be as a shooter as a match director or is a business owner what have you guys what's your big takeaway from the season so after every every match that we either host because we host uh like 17 we hosted 17 matches this year together so it was was a ton it was a bunch between the rim fire and the center fire it was just it was a lot yeah almost too much yeah but we always get little tweaks and recommendations from people after we, sh- we have a match. And there's little things that we change and adapt throughout the year and do different things. Um, so there's, there's been, you know, some little tweaks here and there that we've made at the matches that we, we host. Um, but, you know, people seem to like our matches. They're very positional, very, a lot of moving, um, which is very similar to how this finale was. There was a lot of movement and a lot of positional. I think I had three prone stages. Yeah, and we don't do that much prone or modified prone. Like when one of our matches, we'll have like, you know, 10 stages, maybe three prone or modified. But one of the things, you know, beginning of the year, remember we went to Norway, and we took a lot away from that of like what we liked and what we didn't like, um, you know, threw that into our matches and stuff, and that made a difference. But between us being gone for, you know, Norway, as many two-day matches as Corey and I did, and then with um, running as many matches as we did, um, I think we burnt up like 30-plus weekends this year, been gone for like 70-plus days. Yep. And it's like, man, I'm looking at my kids I'm like, we barely going fishing this year. Yeah. yeah. So I think we're gonna we're stepping it back next year. We're not gonna do as many matches like four at my club and four at Corey's club for center fire. Um, we're gonna support another local club that's doing rim fire and kind of put all the eggs in that basket with, with um, Dick Hedges who runs the Black Watch preci- you know, precision okay. rim fire matches. Um, he's a great guy and he's just ate up with doing twenty twos and he does a lot for the kids, so we're gonna support him a lot more this year at the rim fire and try to free up some of our weekends so we can get some more family time back. Nice. Um, We've already got a handful of uh, two-day matches we're planning on doing next year. And then definitely Texas, definitely uh, Virginia. We're going to hopefully go to if Barrelmaker finds a place and they, they do the Barrelmaker again. They're kind of missy are just awesome people. Right. And my God, did they feed you at that match. Oh, my God. The f- they have breakfast, lunch, dinner. They're awesome. That's nice. weird that you would emphasize the food. Well, because I remember how much you enjoyed it. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're like, oh, no carbs. Look at this. Look at me. <laughs> I'm going to go do push-ups real quick. Only when they're going to start taking pictures of me. Yeah. I mean, true. Got to make sure true. the chest looks good. Sweet. How about you? What are you going to do for next year, guy? Oh, I've got a whole other podcast planned on that. Um, I am going to sh- 
Uh, my goal is to shoot four two-day matches. Ooh. How many did you shoot this year? One. You only shot one two-day this year? I shot one two-day. Man, but you did awesome in production this year. I did. You cleaned it, it up. You did. You shot really, really well. It was. It, it got tight there at the top, but... Um, I mean, you came down to our matches, which is pretty cool. You got to stay at my house all I, night. I don't want to say that it's easy points, but people don't want to make that drive. We've talked it's about this. It's so far. It's so far for somebody from the southwest. I mean, Immokalee is at the bottom of the state. Oh, yeah, but yeah. it's like us going to Cool Acres is, what, eight and a half hours. Yeah. So then that's the closest, you know, other one-day match for us getting out of our area besides going to um Exactly. Volusia. And I just like Corey, so I got to see them shorts more often, so that's why I go down to your guys' matches. You could just, like, FaceTime, bro. No, it's see, not it's the not the same. same. It's, it's not the same. not the same when you get the full essence, the glisten off the he's thighs. Like, no, he's like, I want to go home smelling like fruit and covered in glitter. Exactly. That's right. That's right. Well, it's like, what happened? You're like, I caught a unicorn. Yeah, yeah. Don't exactly. Don't, yeah. Don't, don't worry about it. No, uh, um, so my goal was also to shoot at each venue in the southeast, and I didn't make it to – I didn't make that this year. So I'm probably going to forego some of the Cool Acre matches and try and get out to Arkansas, hit um, Louisiana – and then hit Alabama. See where you're located at, though. That's not bad. It, right. Like exactly. Come up and shoot with you up at Altus was nine, nine hours. Nine hours. And we, yeah. have, and we don't even leave the state. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's not even close. Yeah. But like our only our only comeback is that we we live where everybody else vacations. So exactly. Exactly. So, so that's so nice. if we can find a good facility to host a two day down in South Florida, everybody can come down, shoot, bring their family on vacation. Then it's perfect. I mean, that's what Altus was all about, is bringing people's families down and vacationing. And but, man, we're, we're like, my shop's, four, we're four and a half hours inside of the state, you know, coming from Georgia. It's, it's just, it's a hike. It's a hike. Yeah. So. I mean, you could always move. Man, <laughs> think about this, buddy. I build rifles four miles from the boat ramp. Like, I'm not giving that up. I mean, that's also very true. It's like, I got the, I mean, we've got, I've got two ranges, an hour and 45 and two hours away that we can shoot up to 2,000 yards. But I have a saltwater boat ramp four miles from the shop. <laughs> you know? Fair enough. Fair enough. No, I'm p- planning on doing a couple more two days next year. Got a couple more uh, more goals. It kind of like broke down how things how things shook out for the in the finale, like points wise, but either whether production or the open, how they rack and stack your points or whatever. So it was it was interesting. So I got some I got some other goals that I'm that I'm looking at. But going over to an operational unit, I'm gonna have to. Work for a living. Work for a living. Pick my actual matches that I'm going to a little bit more specifically. Ooh, look at me! To, I actually have to put in for leave. Yeah. Are you gonna have to? Um, are you gonna be able to RO as much as you have this year? I honestly don't know. Because you've traveled quite a bit this year, just to RO. So, the for strictly PRS matches, whether it be PRS or PRS from fire, not like the Cavern Cove or the Earner All 22 stuff that I've done. Um, the AG Cup will make 21 matches. Oh, you're coming up to RO, RO the AG Cup? Yes. So that'll be 21 matches that I've either shot in our road or just our road. Is that including one days, like regional? Yep. Dude, that's a lot of traveling. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't think a lot of people appreciate or understand how much that actually is for somebody that's not actually shooting. You're not going up to win a prize. You're not going up to win a division. You're not you, – you're, you're truly volunteering your time to go to a match and make sure that people don't have to self RO. Yeah. Well, so, like, like, I mean, like this match, I would have loved to shoot this match, but you'd have to shoot today matches. But I'd have to shoot today <laughs> matches. Or I could have got, I could have gotten an invite. I was top production in Southeast. I could have got an invite, but I'd already say, I already said I'd RO it 
a week before <laughs> we shot the finale. Well, who knows Who knows how it's going to shake? I mean, I hope you get our of the year. I mean, I voted for you. Well, I appreciate that. Ditto. Well, I appreciate that. So we'll see. Should get it. We'll see. As long as you don't piss like one person off per match like you did today or yesterday. Was I mean, I'm yesterday? pretty sure it was you, today. You pissed off more people than that this match. No. Oh, probably. Because well, everybody I, thinks they hit. Like, oh, it's a hit. Like, man, I just saw dirt splash. So they're trying to blame his, his glass. It's like, yeah, no. Yeah. You know, I, it, sometimes it, it amazes me how wound up people get. Listen, there's like six people in the country that are making a living shooting matches and doing stuff like that. And out of the 200-some-odd people that are here, I think there's only like one of them. <laughs> right. So, at the end of the day, yeah, no, I'm competitive as all get out. At the, but, you know, I don't shoot enough to be competitive with the top guy, the top 30, 40 guys. Dude, those guys shoot every day. I mean, we shoot maybe once between <laughs> matches. If, usually it's just we don't shoot matches. Right. Yeah, people are like, oh, you work in the gun industry. You get to shoot all the time. No. No, homie. Right. It's because I work in the gun industry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, hey, if it's not a call or I missed it or I, or I thought I had an edge hit, and it, cool, man, it is what it is. Yeah. You know, arguing with an RO or arguing with the people in your squad or anything like that about whether it was a hit or not is absolutely ridiculous. Hey, it wasn't a hit. Cool, man. Wasn't a hit. I get being passionate about it, but, like, you've got so many people on glass. If you didn't get it, you didn't get it. I've seen guys explode logs, and they're yelling that they hit it. It's like three guys on glass saw you hit a, hit a log. Why are, why are you sitting here? Just, it, it just ruins your day. Yeah. You know. And, and, besides, and the ROs, grumpy. Yeah, but the ROs are volunteering, man. Yeah. It's like yeah. they don't need that. So, yeah. I mean, I mean they're not all as handsome as you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate that. With with a great super trooper mustache. It is pretty gross. That mustache is not allowed within 500 yards of the school. <laughs> <laughs> that is also true. <laughs> well, Missy, Missy said I should keep it until the finale. So, when I get home, it's probably going away. Mm. You should keep it. Yeah. You should grow like the Fu Manchu. You should totally do that. If I could, if I, could I probably would. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not on the special side of the base where like uniform regs and grooming doesn't matter. You should do that. Get over to the special side. Yeah. <laughs> I'm too special. old. Just wrong special. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm the wrong special for that. My mom says I'm cool. <laughs> Your mom says I'm cool too. <laughs> I mean, fair enough. Corey's mom says I'm cool. Fair enough. I'm getting better stuff for Christmas. <laughs> Sweet, guys. Well, I appreciate you coming on. I know I wanted to sit down with both of you and kind of chit-chat from the from the RO's perspective and the the MD's perspective, the shooter's perspective, because you guys you guys are all around. Did you mm-hmm. shoot Did you shoot in your shorts today, or did you wear your pants? I actually wore pants today because it was 44 degrees when I showed up, okay. and I just wasn't taking them off. Fair enough. But, dude, his level, level, level of dedication yesterday in that rain yes. was impressive. That, uh, that makes that up for impressive. it. it that does. makes up for it. They dry out, bro. Everybody was like, oh, my God. Everybody's whining about pants being and having s- rashes and swamp ass. I'm like, cool, man. My shorts dried out like that, and I'm good to go. Fair enough. <laughs> you are you are correct. They do dry out pretty quick. Awesome, gents. I appreciate you. Till next time, I'll see you down in the end of the Thanksgiving weekend. Sounds good. Sweet, man. See you, buddy. All right, folks. I got my next interviewee. What's your name, bud? John Truitt. John Truitt. And what are you doing here at the PRS finale? Having fun and sewing knives. Having fun and doing what with knives? Sewing knives. You're, you're, a, you're a knife salesman. 
Yes. So how did you get into knife knife selling? I just thought knives were cool, so I I uh, my dad said I could uh, sell knives, so I got into it, and now, now I like it, so I'm gonna stay doing it. Okay, outstanding. How many? How long have you been selling knives? I would say probably a year or so. Okay, a year or so. Are you making a are you making a good a bit of money doing it? Yeah. Okay, so where are you getting all these knives that you're selling? We are buying them online. Okay. And um, uh, I forgot what uh, company it was that we buy them from, but it's a big knife company. Is it like a distribution where you buy them and then you can turn around and sell them to the other people and you're yes. making, making a decent amount, of, decent amount of walking around money with it? Yes, sir. How many knives do you think you've sold this weekend? This weekend, I sold, I've sold eight knives. Eight knives this weekend. That's pretty good. That's pretty good sales. There's like 200 people here. I'm gonna set up tonight. Okay. I don't set up why uh, they are shooting because it's not a lot of people. But yep. I set up why um, like at dinner. Okay. See, smart man. You got to go where the people are at. People are too busy. They're focusing on shooting. So you're going to get them when everybody's having fun. Out here hanging out at the pavilion at K&M, you can sell your knives then and it's going to work out. Uh -huh. So is it true that you put a knife on the prize table as well? Yes. What kind of knife did you put on there? A buck knife. You put a buck knife on there? Are buck knives your favorite? Yes. You like the buck knives? What about the buck knife do you like? I, I like um, the material they put on it, and, um, and the knives are nice, too. Okay, outstanding. Is there any cool picture or anything like that on the knife? Was there some laser engraving on it? No, but we lasered um, J-Dub's knife inside a knife like we do on my banner, and we put... Um, we put Precision Rifle Series on it, too, like that. Okay. Yeah, we put it on the other side. Nice. So you got your logo on there, and then you've got Shannon's logo. Shannon's, Mr. Mr. Shannon's logo on there mm -hmm. as well. That's pretty cool. And who did the lasering for you? My dad and me. Your dad and you set that up? That's super mm -hmm. cool. So you're paying your dad a vig to laser for you, or is he just being nice and lasering it for you? He's just being nice. He's just being nice and lasering it for you? Well, that's super cool. Are you the only one selling, or have you got, like, your little brother or your, little, or your big sister working for you yet? No, but uh, kids that come to matches, uh, eight, uh, seven and over, if they want to do it, and they're not shooting, they can help me. Sweet. Why do they have to be seven? Because I don't want, like, li little people to, like, uh, get handprints all over my knives, and I not know, and they just stay there. We can't get them all, the handprints off. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. So what you're saying is little children have grubby hands. Yes. Fair enough. Just like my brother. See, well, I wasn't going to name anybody by name, but you are, you are correct.
I see him running around. He's running around on the rocks right now, barefoot with muddy feet, and I love it. That's how kids should be. So what – you said you like buck knives, but what's the coolest knife you've ever sold? The coolest knife I've ever sold is probably – a buck knife. Probably a buck knife. Do you remember what what it looked like, or what it would? Do you remember the name of it, or anything else like that? Um, no, but it was a clamshell. Okay. The handle was a clamshell, and it was really cool. And they made put like red and white on it, and it was really cool. Was it a fixed blade or a folder? It's a folder. Folder. Okay. So. You sold eight eight knives so far this weekend. We're probably going to get you some more sales later this evening once everybody starts eating and everything's nice and relaxed. I saw you walking around with your little case last night, and you sold a knife or two to Mr. Shannon. I sold two, yes. You sold two of them to him? Yep. Outstanding. How... Like, how, where's your restock? Do you have to go back to the van or the camper to get restock to put in there uh uh well no we take the whole box over there and put it under the table that i set it up on okay and if i sold all this knives uh that all this i get the same knives out and put them in okay so you have a little restock box yeah. if you sell one knife you can pull another one out and yep. put it in there okay that's a good idea it's a real good idea um How how many knives do you think you've sold since the very beginning? Probably 2,000 knives. You've sold 2,000 knives? Yeah. Uh, we bought 30, no, yeah, no, 45 knives for Canon because it's the biggest match in the world. It so, is a pretty big match. Uh-huh. So, but other matches I've had, like, I don't know why I have more, but I, I've had like 100 knives at matches to sale, and I've sold quite a bit. Okay. What's your, when you go to a match, which is quite often, because you guys are all over the place, what's your average sale? If you, bring, if you brought 50, 50 knives to every match, how many are you average selling? Probably, I would sell most matches, I would sell probably... 30 knives each match. 30 knives a a match. That's pretty good. Well, do you have a website, or do they just have to come to a match to find you? Uh, I do not have a website. Uh, They come to matches to find me. And um, I sail at matches, but like at parades, sometimes I sail too. Okay. Mr. Shannon's talking right now. Hold on. I think is the best thing for us. We're going to send an email out to all the shooters. I know, hold on. I know uh, a lot of guys were home, get a shower, drop their gear off, and get cleaned up. I'd like to start at 3 o'clock. All right? That's an hour from now. Okay? The food could be here then. So they're going to they're gonna start the banquet at 3 o'clock. So, right, so that means you gotta, you got 43 minutes or 53 minutes to get your knives, get them ready to go. Okay. Sweet. That's good information to have. Now, my next question for you is, what is your everyday carry knife? 
I mostly I carry like pocket knives, but I've been carrying this knife that I have on. Can I see that? Mm-hmm. So. It's, it's my call to handle, handmade. This is a very nice knife. It's a snake skin with stuff over it. So a snake skin. It's got my card on it. It's got some green inlays. Mm-hmm. It's full tang all the way. I'm trying to see who made this one. Do you know who made it? Um, no, but uh, actually I forgot his name, but he comes through matches. Is it he, Steve Thomas? No, he, he, he's a camera guy. He okay. He pictures, yeah. And he, um, Greg Moore? Er, Greg Moore, yes. Greg, Greg Moore gave you this? Yeah, uh, someone made it, then uh, then uh, Greg Moore got it, bought it, to, to, and, I, and he gave it to me for free. That's awesome. That's a really nice knife. Yes. You got to keep that one forever, dude. Mm-hmm. That's super nice. So you got to be pretty old to be walking around with with a buck knife on your, or with a handmade fixed blade on your hip. How old are you? I'm seven. You're seven and you're already running your own business. Yes. Okay. So let's recap. You're selling knives at parades in Oklahoma. Yes. You're selling knives when you come to matches at PRS events. Yes. And if they want a knife, they just got to find you. Yes. Sweet. What else do you want the people to know? I want them to know that I um, I love selling knives and I I would love to uh, give them I would love for them to buy a knife for me. I would I'll always want them to buy a knife if they want a knife. Fantastic. All right. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show and I'll get this this is probably gonna go out on Wednesday. I'll make sure to tag your mom and dad. That way you can give it a listen okay. and you can you can have them share it and say that you were on a you were on a podcast at seven years old. You are my youngest guest ever. Well, I this will sound crazy. My first knife I ever had, I was three years old, a Swiss Army knife. You had a Swiss Army knife at three? Yes. That doesn't surprise me at all. I'm not surprised. After knowing you, Truett, you Truett boys and, and your mom and your dad for for the last few years now that doesn't surprise me one bit that's awesome um but i was way i was i uh did not i'm not i wasn't crazy like marco nice three <laughs> years old <laughs> Ma- he he, Ma- he is a little on the wild side i'm not yeah. gonna lie my, my dad bought Marco a little 20 dollar knife and he was running with it open his false knife and he cut down his hand. Yeah, see, that's dangerous. We don't want to do that. And he got blood on the couch, and mom got mad at him. <laughs> now you're telling all the family secrets. All right, bud. Well, I appreciate you being on the podcast, and we'll see you later. We'll see you later this evening, okay? Okay. All right, folks. I snagged another person to talk to. Now, this wasn't a shooter of the match, but he's the shooter in all of our hearts. <laughs> all right. So we're going to play the lightning round. 
the person you hope is at any match you go to is who? My wife. Your wife. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. That's a good <laughs> answer. That's a good answer. That's one brownie but, point. However, the Truett kids rank way, way up there on anything. Fair I'm, enough. It, in my life, I really want to – I'm aspiring to be a Truett kid. I mean, the Truett kids are my spirit animal. Right. I mean – there's a small army. They got like a fire, a whole firing squad, <laughs> a firing team, right? Right. See, that's a cheater question because I already know it. Okay. That see, that's that's a good question. Here we go. How does your spouse deal with your hobby, and how do you compromise? So, is as shooting being the hobby. Uh, my spouse took over it and decided to beat me in it in every single way. So, you know, what started out is me bringing her to a match uh, in Tennessee uh, grew a passion that she has, and now she just beats me at every match we go to. Okay, fair enough. Right. Fair enough. <laughs> so I guess the, the question on compromises would be there's a match. You both want to shoot it, but you can't. Who's shooting the match? She does. Okay. Yeah. And, and what's the compromise on that? Happy wife, happy life? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, look, she really, really enjoys it. And it's not that I don't either. Um, but, I mean, there's plenty of things that I could do around the house. And she works so hard at everything she does, you know, um, for Armageddon, for, you know, you know, the kids and everything else. She's always going for everybody else, so to... To, to take a weekend in the house and, and do, you know, domestic duties while she goes and shoots is a no-brainer for me. Okay. Single stage or two-stage trigger? Single. Single. Fantastic. Match that you want to attend but you haven't attended? Ah, uh, man, probably the uh, – some of the matches that are out in uh, Montana, Utah – Okay. So, uh, some of those matches. The uh, Melissa shot Pig River a few times. She said she really enjoys that that match up there. Okay. So um, yeah, <clears throat> and I've not shot a whole lot in the last couple of years anyway. So uh, hopefully this next year I'll start getting out to more and doing more anyway. But anything out west, anytime I have a chance to get out west, I absolutely will go out west for anything. Okay. And then person you want to squad with that isn't your wife. Right. Um. Well, you know, it's it's not always cool to squad my wife anyway because I get to see her beating me. At least if, <laughs> if I don't squad with her, then there's a chance that I'm winning and I'm not. Um, God, there's uh, so many guys. Um, you know, I really enjoy shooting. Jason Green is a great guy to shoot with. Uh, you know, a wonderful shooter. You know, we have so many friends that are doing this um, that a lot of those guys are just – you know, it, it, that's what we come to the matches for. More than the shoot, more than anything else for me, it's the, the social aspect. But, I, I mean, the one that just, like, popped in my head immediately right then was, was Green. And I always love shooting with Green. He's such a, a positive guy, such a, you know, a, a, a great shooter. And he's, you know, no matter how well or not that he's doing, it's always a good time with Green. Okay. So, if you guys haven't guessed it, I am talking to... Jim Gilliland, the supportive husband of our favorite Armageddon gear shooter, Missy. Best known as Melissa Gilliland's husband. 
Yeah, <laughs> very true. <laughs> and I'm a little taken back right now. You've got a long sleeve shirt on. You've got pants and shoes, and you've got shoes on. Right. I'm a little, I'm a little confused about your whole getup. So you, you know, can clean up well. Well, and, and I try every once in a while, especially when people aren't expecting something from me. It's like, oh my god, Jim's done something different again. So, <laughs> so I mean, it poured down rain yesterday, and you were in shorts and shorts and no shoes. No shoes. Yep. Uh, people were taking pictures of your fit. <laughs> footprints over on my side when you walked over there yesterday morning before we got started you were you left your little calling card all over the place and then people were like jim was here wasn't he i was like yes yes he was so super funny um so you ro'd this weekend i did and i mean it was just another way to spend quality time with the wife because sure. she came up here she was shooting yep why not come up to Tennessee, one, see all your friends, to help out. That's right. So you worked a uh, square troop line mm -hmm. out, right? Can you give give the people a little bit of a description of what your stage was? Sure. So my stage was a five-target stage. Uh, it started at about 714, and the last target was at 974. Uh, there were square targets. They got slightly bigger the further they went out. Um, and the way they were set up was pretty unique. It was two rounds per target. Okay. So the shooter would start in the prone, uh, magazine and bolt back, and on the command to go, they would engage from near to far, which was from left to right, the way you were looking at them. Uh, and it was kind of confusing because the way the targets were arrayed, they all looked like they were linear. You know, there wasn't Ooh. a lot of depth perception to it. Uh, and not only that, but there was a, a, the hill kept going down another 150, 200 yards before it went to the berm. And so a lot of guys would shoot, and it would be just off left and right, correct elevation-wise, but because it would land, you know, 150 yards behind them, it looked like it was landing at the base of the target. There was some confusion in that where everybody was, was like, oh, my God, that was way low. And I'm thinking, like, please don't hold over, please don't hold over. And then the next round would launch, you know. Super high. Yeah, two meals over the target. And I'm like, <laughs> so, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was, it was a, a pretty good stage. Pretty okay. good stage, yeah. Um, how long did it take, or how many squads did you go through before somebody cleaned it? Uh, oh, my gosh. Um, I want to say it was the fourth or fifth squad because, you know, it started. It was, it was, it was nasty. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was rainy. Uh, the wind was pretty switchy back and forth. I want to say it was four or five squads in, uh, and they were, you know, just a small break, and somebody would get lucky and clean it. But I think we had, up until well into the afternoon, I think we only had, like, four cleans. And then, you know, they started getting, you know, building Working, up. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, we probably only had 20 in the last two days that was clean. Maybe maybe a little more, but that, that's about right. Yeah, I would say we didn't get our first clean till like, squad seven. Right. And it was two people back-to-back, -back, and then it went right back to, like, a four. Yep. Uh, it was just a tough stage, but... Yeah, it's interesting. Like uh, talking to the other the other ROs to see like how their stages played out or how sure. how shooters did on their stage. It's quite interesting. Um, what so? What are your plans for shooting next year? Like, are you going to be like a PRS regional guy or two days or just like show up and shoot matches? So I mean, you know, given given your your history and your pedigree and you own your own business. And sure. Well, you know, and I've actually, I've not shot a lot in the last two years. I mean, I've very, very little uh, in the last two years. Been a little busy doing, you know, things on my side. 
Uh, or, you know, we would need, I would need to be home for Melissa to shoot or whatever. Um, but I've actually, you know, I, I RO'd out here a month ago for the gap grind, and I came back for this one. Uh, and just being around everybody again and getting to, to kind of dip your toe back into it, I'm, I'm, I kind of feel better about getting out and shooting. You know, y'all want, it actually, a little bit of drive came back to, to want to get out and shoot. Uh, I will probably do a couple of, I'll probably do a handful of one days, but I'll probably try to shoot some, some regular two-day matches again next year. Okay. Now, given your, given your company is in the training aspect, mm-hmm. do you shoot a lot? in training whether it be for demonstration demonstration or just to keep your proficiency up or so it really depends uh so if we're doing pistol or carbine then i will demo you know everything that we're going to shoot or or do or whatever but usually on the long range stuff i don't get to shoot that much you know it's more of you know spotting or or trying to set somebody up or watching the mechanics of how they're doing things Uh, more technical work you know than it is uh shooting work um, but I do get to shoot some, and there's always, you know, I'll get them, you know, started on something, whatever, and get them to walk, you know, do their own, you know, walk out or whatever. And I'll pull my rifle out, and they'll be like, um, I'm gonna take a shot at that 785 target, and just, you know, just see if I can cold bore something every once in a while, just to, just to see, you know, what your capabilities are with with your equipment under different, you know. Times and places, and yeah. So now, do you have a, like a dedicated facility that you train at, or you travel train? I travel. Okay. Yep. Yep. Okay. So we uh, and it really depends on who the client is and what they really want. Um, you know, if they have a place, then then I have everything that I can take to wherever it's at that we're going to go. Uh, but for some specific type clients, there's a uh, probably three different places that I can take them to. You know, kind of fit whatever their needs are. Okay. Awesome. Um, are you still the uh, record holder? So, um, in Iraq, yes. Okay. Uh, and, I'll, and, I, and I love this question because I get to talk about something the guy can't, right? So, right. Uh, there was a 1,350-meter shot with a 308 it's actually a shorter barrel gas gun um a guy in one of the special operations units uh walked this guy down at, at 1350 uh totally deserving you know he he needs all the credit he can get but he can't he can't take the credit for it right so uh i'll always tell people that yes it has you know i am not the longest 308 shot anymore uh i am in iraq uh this guy was in afghanistan okay uh, but totally deserving Sweet. So, so, and I first learned about it from, uh, like one of those History Channel documentaries yeah. or Discovery Channel, where it's like it does all the cool intros and then it gives a little backstory. But basically, you, um, this guy was pretty far away. How right. far? How far was it? It's twelve hundred fifty meters, uh, or thirteen hundred and seventy yards. Is rough, you know, about rough, that. rough translation. Yep. And then. Um, when you were in the army, he was—they were in a window or something like taking yep. shots—and then you, you so, walked it onto him. Yeah. So we were in Ramadi. Uh, this was in 2005, September 27th, 2005. That's a bad time to be in Ramadi, uh, right? Oh, that was well. <laughs> yeah, it was. It well, was depends pretty, on how you look at it. <laughs> pretty a target-rich environment for sure. Um, but we were we were on Overwatch. Um, 
looking over some uh, our guys that were doing a cordon search about 600 yards, 600 meters from us. Um, and then they took fire uh, and from the other side of them. And we, uh, we looked up, and, and there was a hospital building that was at 1,250 meters. We, thought, we already had range cars for everything right. that was out there in front of us. Uh, and looked up, and there was a guy you know, holding, a, holding a rifle up on a balcony. Uh, we were on the fifth floor. He was on the fourth floor. Uh, and really, I mean, I had a 308 in front of me. It's, you know, that's all I had right now to shoot. Uh, it was an M24 bolt action 700, uh, fixed 10 power Leopold scope. And so, and, you know, called for spotter. is like, hey, I need somebody to watch, you know, watch the shot, tell me what I need to do. Um, you know, I, I, and I, they had BDC uh, turrets on it, so I turned to 1,000 and then figured, you know, from 750 to 1,000, it was about this much of a hold. Probably double that if I go past that. Ended up holding, I don't know, four and a half, I don't know, four or five mils. I can't remember now, but it was, you know, a pretty good hold over uh, an estimate. And a uh, little bit of wind, and it just happened to connect. It was a first-round shot, and uh, the guy, you know, fell down behind the uh, this little, you know, wall or whatever that he was standing balcony by. Wall. The balcony wall. yep. And uh, later on, we couldn't go into the hospital, but one of the Iraqi uh, Army guys, you know, groups went in there and whatever and pulled this dude out and was – um, tell us about it. So it just it just it got lucky. Just got really, really lucky. So <laughs> sometimes that's what it takes, right? At, well, and sometimes at that point we had shot so much, was so familiar with you know the area and our guns and everything else that I mean you make your own luck when you get into it. But still, I mean to shoot that far and do a first round hit with 308, it's pretty damn lucky. Yeah, I mean they hit that magical wall at 800 and just go straight down. Yeah, right? they just fall out of the sky, right? Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Um, where can people find information about your your training? If if somebody's looking for training in the in the southeast, how far do you kind of travel? Give us kind of uh, the. We've the been p- everywhere. Okay. Yeah, I've been. I mean, I've been all to Idaho. You know. Okay. Uh, North Dakota, Idaho, Wyoming, every, wherever. Okay. Um, but uh, the website uh, is shadow6.net. Okay. Uh, you can email me at james at shadow6.net uh, or find me on the social media. I'm. I'm uh, uh, Shadow Six Consulting on Facebook and Long Gunner with a hyphen in between Long and Gunner or, okay. or underscore uh, Long underscore Gunner uh, on Instagram. Okay. So yeah, awesome. Well, I appreciate your time, sir. Too easy. Thank Have you, good day, bud. All right, I grabbed one of the awesome sponsors for the PRS, and this is Kyle with MDT, and I'm not going to try and pronounce his last name. Because I can't. The last name is Van Rutenberg. See? Or you can say it in Dutch, where I was born in Holland. Van Rutenberg. Yep, uh, see? And I'm with one of the awesome ROs, Guy. That is that is true. So we're going to start off with the lightning round. Okay. What was your first two-day match? Gap grind four weeks ago. That was that was your first two-day match? Yes. What a match to start with. It was an uh, awesome match. I shot with Keith Baker, one of the team shooters. Okay. But kind of my role at MDT is not to... Uh, I'm not really focused on sh- shooting a lot. It's more on the business development side. Okay. Um, and like uh, developing products or coming up with stuff. Or uh, no, developing products partly, but working with uh, big manufacturers and um, different types of cu- customers, of military, police departments. Okay. Those kind of things, and uh, and looking for new ideas on how to grow MDT. So. Okay. Yep. Okay. That would not apply. That also wouldn't apply because you just said. Ask it. him anyway. 
I was going to say, what pays your bills working at MDT? Yes, that does pay my bills. <laughs> I'm very thankful to be a part of it. Okay, this one does apply to you. In your opinion, what is the best off-the-shelf caliber for a new shooter? Uh, I would say 6mm Creedmoor or 6.5 Creedmoor. Okay. Uh, it does everything you need it to do, and it's not uh, there's not factory ammo out there um, for you to not have to uh, reload. Okay. Um, and uh, there's a lot of different options, mag-wise, to, to go with. Okay, so what did you shoot at Gap Grind then? I shot 6mm Creedmoor. Okay. Yeah. How do you clean your gun? I don't clean my guns. Okay, fair enough. I, I keep shooting them. Just keep shooting them until they go? Until they don't work anymore, and then I give it to someone much smarter than me at MDT, and they uh, clean it for me. Okay. So what goals have you set for yourself within the shooting community? Oh, man, that's, that's a tough question. Uh, I, I want to... Um, and I'm speaking on behalf of MDT here, but we want to really come together uh, alongside the community and be part of the community in coming out with awesome products and um, solutions for uh, what's out there. And it sounds kind of cliche and, and like kind of like uh, the, like the, the textbook an answer, but we really we talk about that a lot internally at MDT to be like, okay, what what products? Uh, are the end users um, needing that we can that we can provide? So, because uh, we um, didn't, uh, you know, I, I didn't grow up in the shooting world. Uh, I, me and Martin grew up in Europe, uh, immigrated to Canada. Our dad's a pastor, and uh, it wasn't until a little later on in life that we got involved in shooting sports. And so um, we, um, because we didn't have a lot of bias to start with, okay, because we were new. Uh, we asked a, t a ton of questions uh, of the end users on what they were looking for. Okay. And uh, I think that's something that we still carry on today to be like, you know, don't worry too much about what's beside us, but what's in front of us is our customer and uh, what are they looking for and, and, and how can we provide that. Okay. Awesome. What, what's your like flagship product that you guys like see the biggest numbers in sales or the most unique item that you guys have? Like, what, what would you say that is? I would say it's probably our uh, ACC chassis or okay. our Hunt 26 chassis. Okay. Um, so the ACC, we have the ACC Premier, which has been around for about four years. We have the ACC Elite. There's about, I don't know, like 15 out there right now. A bunch of where we use at the finale this weekend. Yep. Uh, which is just another level, again, uh, of the ACC. But then our Hunt 26, which we came out with about a year ago, uh, 26 ounces um, for uh, a hunting uh, chassis, um, carbon fiber buttstock grip forend and then a folding version that's 30 ounces and it's just you know as the hunting market grows uh and lo long range hunting a lot of those guys are in the prs as well um and uh it's just it's done very well for us and it, it's uh, an amazing product that we're super proud of and i would say those two are, are kind of our, our flagship uh, it's hard to hard pick one i've i got to shoot the hunt 26 at the pre last year with david and we got some like slow-mo video of that thing just coming straight back with your guys' new break on it, 6.5 Creedmoor. I was like, man, this thing is going to whoop. And then it was relatively relatively easy on that one. Um, yes. I mean, uh, I got my son Malachi here beside me. He's looking at me. He's like, what's going on? He is. He's like, Dad, what, what is this thing that's it's, on your head right now? Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, the the, the HNT twenty six. We we actually almost launched it a year earlier, and we we thought it, and we we came to the realization it was like ninety five percent there, and we waited a year to uh, improve on the weight and also the deadness of it. So like, it's kind of like how, how a lot of guys describe it is like it's like shooting underwater. It's still such a dead feeling. Uh, chassis, even though it's only 26 ounces, and we knew it was going to be used for a lot of the bigger calibers and hunting and stuff like that, and and so we knew that deadness feel was like really important, and so we took a lot of time into innovating and how the buttstock is designed and what's inside and stuff like that to, to give that feeling. And uh, I mean, yeah, I, we're we're super proud of it, and and uh, um, but I mean, it, it didn't come from just internally, right? We uh, we talked to a lot of people in the in the community um, and and seen what they were looking for. Sweet, so. You said you were you were born overseas. You said Holland. Yep. And then you immigrated to Canada. Yep. And now you're in Tennessee. Yep. You live in Canada currently, and you just came down here for the match. That's correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, I I was actually supposed to be down here. My, I have my five year old son with me, and I was supposed to come with my wife and uh, one year old as well. But uh, America has a rule that if you're a foreigner, you have to be vaccinated across the border. So anybody listening here go talk to your representative and make sure you get rid of that <laughs> ask that ask that rule so i can come down with my whole family but yeah i mean yeah we're here for the finale i'm here representing mdt i didn't shoot this weekend my brother martin our ceo and uh, um did okay. um and uh, I'm, I'm here um connecting and networking and, and uh, representing us so sweet um what's on the horizon without giving any like big name drops or or, or or product releases but what's on the horizon for you guys you've got you know all the magazines valkyrie magazines now steeled uh 223 magazines single double triple leg sky pods the lightweight version of the sky pods single and double do you make a triple in that one yet uh, i don't know not yet okay yeah um I saw a couple of those here this weekend. Just all kinds of really cool products. You've got the Hunt 26, like you said, that's been out for a year. I mean, it's got Arca built into the carbon fiber, so you don't have to put an Arca rail on it. It's already there in the carbon fiber. Like, I will say you guys are on the, the cutting edge of all these cool and innovative ideas. You can only reinvent the wheel so many times, right? without maybe going into what you guys have coming, but how do you guys get that process? I know you've said it like twice now, like we talked to the end user, but what else is there to kind of improve on, I guess? Yeah, I mean, it, it, I, I can't obviously want to uh, show all of our cards because we want to uh, have good launches and stuff like that. So I'll just say two words, uh, electronics in competition. Okay. Uh, as something in that area. Um, and then uh, hunting products. Um, okay. And so those are two items. Um, I mean, we have the AC Elite coming out. That, that of course, is really big. Um, and for us, so, I mean, that, that, the cat's out of the bag on that. But, yeah, so electronics and hunting products. Uh, sorry, electronics and competition and, and, uh, and hunting products are two uh, things you're going to see something underneath those categories coming out soon that we're super excited about. And uh, I think a lot of people will be surprised um, uh, at what, what's what's there okay and i've asked this question before to your to some of your pro staff members um you guys generally do a once a year sale yeah and that's on black friday yeah and we me and you talked about this offline a day or so ago um things are going to be on on black friday sale this year 
but it's not going to be a crazy mix-up and skews or anything else like that. But I just want to say, you guys, as an MDT, something went wrong, and you still stood behind it and honored that. Um, a lot, I know we talked about it, a lot of people were thinking, oh, man, like, something's going to come down, but you guys, you guys stood behind it and be like, yep, that was our bad, you owned it, it probably cost you a ton of money. But you guys stood behind it, and I think that says something really awesome about your company. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I appreciate you saying that, of, of course. I mean, it's not something we just, like, go and publish and talk about. So what happened was we uh, uh, we have a big Black Friday sale. It's the only sale we do a year, and the reason we only do one sale a year is because we believe in the value of our products. We don't believe we need, they need to be discounted. Right. Um, but uh, So we had overstock on our ACC chassis uh, that we wanted to move, some blemished items and things like that that might have a small machine line or a scratch or something like that that can't pass QC. And so we had listed our uh, the, the base part of the ACC, so not including the buttstock, as the, f- uh, the SKU number on the website was the full kit. And um, the kit uh, part number was just the base. And so uh. when someone was buying the, just the chassis, uh, they were um, paying, uh, I think, 600 or 700 bucks, and they were buying the kit. They were only paying 400 bucks, but they thought they were getting the opposite. So um, we had to uh, basically anybody that bought a kit, they got a wicked deal, right? And anybody that just bought the base, we had to send them a free buttstock because they thought they were getting the buttstock, but they didn't. So, right. um, and we sold a lot of <laughs> a lot of chassis that weekend. I won't say the number, but um, and uh, and yeah, I mean, I, I remember going into my brother's office, uh, um, Martin, and I said like, you know, this, this is this is a problem. And he goes, yeah, but what do we do about it? We're we're men of our word, so we're we're gonna honor that and. And, uh, and, I, and I'm proud of that. You know, like, yeah, obviously there's a financial implication, but uh, I remember seeing guys in Sniper's Hide saying, like, oh, shit, everyone's going to get a whole bunch of emails here pretty soon asking for uh, some more money or, or something's going wrong here. And, They're going to cancel it all. That's right, yeah, like yeah. That. And, and, uh, and um, um, yeah, I mean, we, we want to uh, say do what we are, say we're going to do, and, and uh, I hope that never happens again, <laughs> obviously. But, uh, um, yeah, I mean, we, we want to we wanna be those people. Awesome. Um, I'd also like to say thank you because you guys really stepped up and took care of the ROs on this. Um, it was unknown to us, but you guys gave us a, a hefty discount on the new MDT ACC Elite chassis. Um, it's not available yet, but we just send you guys an email and we'll get on a we'll get on a cool guy list and we'll get a, a pretty hefty discount. So I appreciate that as being one of the ROs out here. Um, I run your guys' Skypod. I am not sponsored by anybody, really, so I can shoot whatever I want, and I'm always building stuff and switching things around. So when I get that thing, I'm definitely going to bring it out to the range and, and sling some lead with that thing and, and, and run it run it through its paces. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, I was I was, uh, it was like last week. I knew I was going to come here. I wasn't sure if I was going to come or not, and it ended up working. I was going to come, and I, I knew we wanted to do something for ROs, and and uh, I mean, it's it's easy just to give like 10% off here or there, but we wanted to really show our appreciation for those guys because um, I mean, it it, it uh, I, I didn't shoot this weekend, and I really felt it today. I was like, man, I really wish I was shooting. And I think as uh, a lot of ROs were thinking the same thing. So um, and just that the match can't happen without ROs, and and uh, and so we uh, offered 50% off on all the AC elites to um, to uh, everyone. And uh, Shannon didn't know, uh, no one knew. It's just something something that we wanted to do, and thankful to do it i mean um yeah I, I i think i think uh they're giving their time and uh it's uh, just a way of giving back awesome well i i i know i appreciate it i know a bunch of the other ro's we were all 
super excited about it when you came in the room doing the RO brief. We really appreciate it. Um, anything else you want to throw out there? Um, I, I, I'm curious, like what what's your uh, perspective of MDT? Like how, how do you how do you view us as a company, and 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 uh, and what do you think? Some things that you think are really cool. What are some things you think we can improve on? Because uh, and I ask that question just openly. I know this is going to be a public podcast, but I, I mean. Uh, anybody that's listening as well, we want to hear feedback on, on, on what we can, what, what is being appreciated on things we're doing good, but also things that we think we can do better on. So I, um, I like MDT products. I'm running M- MDT mags. Um, you guys had the, the issue with like the BR mags and all we had to do was call you guys up, sent new followers out, not a problem. So, so like customer service is, is top notch. Um, I can always get a hold of somebody at, at, at MDT. Um, the amount of different things that you carry, like you carry the mags, you carry the chassis, you ca- you have bipods. I will say, with the Skypod, I would like a wrench flat on your position screws, like your fold down screws, because I've lost that screw a bunch of times. I don't want to necessarily put Loctite on it or anything else like that if I have to take it apart, clean it in a super money match. But being able to like actually get something in there to give it an extra little bit of love it would be super cool maybe if those things were a little bigger i don't know but i i love that skypod i got on the wait list um for the gen 2 when they came out for the arca version and waited i don't know three months for them to come back in stock totally worth the wait i like that you guys then did the adapters for say the the really right stuff throw levers or you know whatever it was so you're constantly seeing those little things and then adapting it or you know the bolt-on items here the bolt-on items there like those are all things like you have the the bolt-on dope cards and all that that little stuff that people don't think about yes you could probably rig something up with like a coat hanger to hold your dope card but like if you're in there and you're buying everything at one time, you're going to be spending the money anyways. Just throw it in your cart and buy it with it. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, it's something we talk about internally. Like, how do we how do we uh, tell people about the fact that we have like a really awesome one piece mount, or you know, our new yep. com- our new comp brake, like that has the adjustable ports on top, you know, or or uh, the different items we have like that that like we're not necessarily when you think MBT, people think chassis, people think mags right away. Right. They don't know about like. The, like it's a legitimate break. Like go watch the video on our YouTube page and how we yep. designed it and stuff like that, or our one piece mount and and those things. Like uh, I mean, give us a shot. Uh, um, we will always back it up if there is an, ever an issue, uh, even if it's you know like any, anything. We'll 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 we'll, bu- we'll back up all of our products on the Skypod. Um, you know, like we got Keith uh, Baker. Uh, mm-hmm. um, he's the the van pilot. And uh, he got a whole kit in the back of his truck that he's always fixing if there's any issues, uh, not just regarding Skypods, but uh, anything, even if it's a competitor's product, um, we want him to be out there. And he is out there uh, and helping those guys. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're thankful to be part of this sport. Uh, it's, it's super fun. It's super fun to be here. It's, yep. it's, it's awesome to be friends with guys like you and, and so many others. And, um, yeah, I mean, thankful. Awesome. Well, I think uh, 3 o'clock is upon us, and I think they're getting ready to start. So I'm going to wrap this up and let you uh, go support some of your shooters as they probably take one or two, three, four of those those top spots. You bet. Thanks, guy. Awesome. Appreciate, Appreciate it. you, sir. You bet.